0: coffee break where
1: helena comes to talk
0: welcome into coffee break i'm troy shockley thanks for hanging out with us this morning and as we start to get to t-shirt weather texas is freezing 2021 is just as weird as 2020 and tyler ream is with us to talk about What's going on with the school year? Because, uh, well, it's it's a little weird, too. He, of course, is the Helena Public Schools Superintendent. Tyler, thanks, as always, for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule.
1: I appreciate it. And, and weird is the nicest thing that anybody <laughs> has called the 2021 school year to date. So it's a good way to start the day.
0: Yeah, well, and I realized, you know what? I realized this morning that we only have a few more of these chats.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, an unknown number, right? I mean, um, I, I, there's a big decision to be made uh, as of this Friday. So um, I'm going to I'm going to value every single one that we have.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I don't know how much value you put on it, but I appreciate that there is some value. You know, there, there there's something there. Um, and I, though, I, I guess if you can find an excuse past the school year to get on the show, I mean, I'll I'll take it. We'll get you on whatever you want to talk about.
1: I think you should. I, I think we should just schedule. You know, we're talking to some random guy today, and it, it could yeah. just be me. It'll be it'll be like old times. I
0: like it. We're gonna see if we can figure something out. I mean, ha- has this really st- kind of started to sink in that that you're winding down? Because it's not like you've had a chance to s- kind of sit down and think about anything with with everything that's going on.
1: No, I don't think it has. I, I think this school year, you know, to your first point, the school year has been. So fraught with challenges, I mean I think back it's been a it's been a year now um essentially right and uh and uh and i I think every single turn has been more difficult and more complicated than you know than than we had hoped in many ways, and I think that's just true in in every regard so um I think we're all um exhausted physically emotionally um Spiritually, I think right. I think everybody yeah. is just exhausted at this point. So no, I don't think it has started to sink in because I don't see myself yet, you know, beyond this. But um, you know, again, I, I'm very confident in the board uh, and and the decision that they'll make this week. And I'm um, and I don't mean like I'm running out the door, but I, I I do hope that we have a good opportunity to transition between myself and the next superintendent because. When I started, you know, Jack Copps, who's been a, a wonderful mentor uh, and just an incredible human being, our former superintendent, he and I have had, you know, developed a relationship across the last three years, but I started on July 1st, and we, we essentially had a high five, um, and, and then we were, you know, then I was superintendent. This, this, this is just more complicated. I think it's going to take a lot more time to transition in plan. Yeah,
0: well, and uh, we're talking this morning with Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Rehm, and, of course, he uh, is stumping down at the end of the school year, and uh, the board has been looking for his replacement, and that search narrowed down to two now. We've got uh, we've got a gentleman from uh, from Colorado, and we've got a local candidate as well.
1: We do, yeah, yeah, two, uh, two, two, two quality candidates. Obviously, I know one. Um, I don't know the other one, but, um, you know, every— you know, I I read a little bit about him, and, and I didn't I didn't watch the interviews, so I don't know um, exactly how that played out. Um, but uh, you know, I, I know our local candidate uh, Rex to who uh, is is at Rossiter, but was at Polson as superintendent before. Um, and you know, I, I'm a, a big fan of his. I I worked um, when he was a superintendent. He was always one of those um, superintendents that, you know, that little thing in your brain that says, would I'd work for this person, yeah. um, or I'd love to work with this person. And Rex was always one of those. So, um, I, I wish them, uh, both the absolute best this week.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like uh, a decision potentially made by Friday, right?
1: Yeah. I believe that's the, I believe that's the plan. Um, and that's good. I, I, I did hear a stat and I don't know if it's true, but, um, somebody from the, the national soups Academy, um, mentioned that some 40% of superintendent openings are either open or or they believe will come open in the coming months, so uh, I think it's good that our board is, is way ahead of the curve in that regard.
0: Yeah, it's looking good. So coming up here at the end of the week and we'll have more on that uh, on uh, on the morning news as uh, as we get closer to those days. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be some some uh, public. I I guess everything's online. I mean, like like everything else we've moved to. uh, It's going to be a public (laughs) event on the computer um, and and you can take part in the public event uh, in your pajamas. At home, uh, but, but but Tyler, there is an opening out in East Helena now. I mean, I know you're, I know you're looking for a job. I hear there's something open in East Helena, so I was just gonna pass that They've, along, uh, to you, give you a heads up.
1: They got a, they got a great team over in East Helena. I think they're gonna be just fine. I, I, you
0: know, I do have to ask. I mean, I've asked you three months in a row now. Um, what's next, Tyler?
1: I still don't have that uh, I, I don't have that next i mean I, I I keep talking to quite a few folks and, and I've had some wonderful offers that I need to consider um, and um, and and plan to do so in in the coming months. I need to sit down with my wife and and probably have more than ten minutes of time to really think through because this is the decision um, you know we moved our our children three years ago um, and uh, with the intent of not moving them again and um and, and so, you know, I, I, don't know if she believes me at this point, but we're, we're not moving again. Um, so, um, you know, so it's a, it's a big decision because I have one son who's going to be entering middle school, the other in elementary school. And, um, so it's, a, it's a tough time to transition and, and something that you know, I feel like we've got to get right as a family. So maybe the position is less important than getting it right for, yeah. for my family. And so that's, that's, it's, uh, it's going to be a family decision as opposed to kind of a job-driven decision.
0: Right. Well, maybe I'll line her up to be on the show, you know, and we can talk this thing out, and then we'll let you know what we come up with.
1: <laughs> she'd love it. She'd be terrified, but she'd love it.
0: <laughs> Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Reem is with us today. And, uh, I mean, you've certainly got enough to look at right now. Um, and we'll get uh, we'll get to the COVID stuff here in a minute, of course. But, I mean, you recently had to evacuate Helena High. We had a threat there. I, I guess, can you walk folks through what happened? Because, unfortunately, you've had some experience now with school evacuation.
1: Yes, we have. And, and you know, thankfully, there's good protocols in place, and our, our, our teams know what to do. Um, our high schools are a little different because they're still transitioning. Um, you know, we, we didn't have the safety and security Baked into that package for the bond is um, a K eight bond, so the high schools weren't included in that safety and security package. So, we reallocated some funding um, from from former projects or from other projects to make sure that we prioritize that, and and uh, and and so all those systems are coming online. But you know, the 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 gist of that is there was a phone call threat that was called into the school, and so anytime that happens, um, you evacuate. And, and you know we don't determine well how serious is this or you know this or that. It was actually left on a message, so there's really no way to know. So you evacuate, um, and and you take every threat um, very seriously. And uh, and we have wonderful partners in um, Helen Police Department. They come in, uh, assess the situation. Um, they have dogs that can sniff for various things, and and so they assess the situation and pretty quickly. Um, made the determination that it was not a credible threat, um, and we're thankful, obviously, for that. Um, and at that point, it was pretty late in the day to start out with, mm-hmm. and so at that point, we had already made the decision to go ahead and, and release the students. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're unfortunate. Um, I, I don't like them, um, but, you know, in 20 years as in education, uh, I've been through several of them. Um, so, for whatever reason, somebody calls and and, and calls in a threat. And usually, um, you know, usually they, 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 are they're held responsible for making that decision.
0: Town public school superintendent, Tyler Reem with us. And, uh, yeah, no actual threat found there at Helena high, but that investigation, I'm sure, uh, is still ongoing.
1: Yes. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the finality of that one, yeah. but yes, they, they, t- they tend to do a really good job of figuring out, uh, who it was, and um, again, holding that person accountable for uh, for the threats that they made uh, on schools, on children, on staff, etc.
0: Yeah, and here you thought all you had to figure out was if it was safe for the buses to be on the roads during the winter in Montana. And uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we got we've got pandemic and bomb threats, and you know, so um, <laughs>
1: well, that that one was, I think, if I remember correctly, that wasn't one of the negative twenty days. So that's good, at least, right? Right.
0: Yeah, Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Ream with us, and uh, there's going to be a change in school schedule here coming up very soon. And I don't want to interrupt that conversation, so we'll go ahead and take our break a couple minutes early today, and then we'll come back and talk about what's upcoming for Helena Public Schools on Coffee Break. Welcome back in. This is Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Helen Public School Superintendent Tyler Rehm with us on the phone today. And Tyler, I guess uh, we, we talked right before we went to the break about a threat to Helen High. We talked about threat. I mean, uh, COVID. Still out there. It's still impacting what we do every day. Certainly the case for schools, but uh, they're now getting ready to change a little bit. You made a presentation to the school board, uh, I guess it was last week. Now, can, can you walk listeners through that a bit, a little bit? Uh, maybe the Notes version of, uh, of the plan and, and the reasoning that you presented.
1: Certainly. So, <clears throat> yes, I mean, it has been, I think, you know, again, for the last 12 months, it's been a complicated year and we've learned quite a bit about uh, COVID, we we still have, I believe, a lot to learn about COVID, but, um, you know, in, in relation to the genesis of the report really goes back to uh, our founding guidance. So during the summertime, as you know, we um, spent really the summer months preparing for the school year. We brought a bunch of teams together, and I continue to be thankful for those individuals and the time they spent coming together and designing various aspects of the school year. We intended the school year to be this year where as difficult as phasing is, that we could phase up and down in accordance with what the virus was doing, um, the mechanisms that we chose were based on some original guidance from the Harvard Global Health Institute that basically said, you know, there's thresholds for what schools should be considering. And we went ahead and, and based our guidance largely on those. And, and there's quite a few uh, organizations, including County Health, that, that also use that, that general Um, guidance in terms of what those thresholds are. Um, You know, right about December, late December, in fact, right as as the break was beginning, um, Harvard went ahead and revised their guidance. And it was revised based on this really study or studies across the last um, semester that that showed that um, some surprising results around transmission within schools and low rates of transmission within schools, um, and and really changed their guidance. They went kind of a 180 from where they were. Um, before it was, you know, 25 cases um, you know, would put you into the red zone. And we actually entered the red zone on our previous guidance way back in October, um, which basically said at that point we should be considering bringing schools or I guess shutting schools down and taking them all virtual. And that was never, it was never a switch for us. It was never an on-off, it hits this rate, you automatically do this. It more drives discussion with county health and public health officials and other um, healthcare professionals that we work with, that basically we, it drives the discussion to say, what are you seeing, and and what do you believe is the prudent thing for schools to be doing? And time and time again across the fall, they were saying, you know, we're seeing a large amount of community spread. We're just not seeing it in schools. Um, and, and that was something that was common in some of the guidance that was cited and uh, some of the studies that were cited, that they're just not seeing the transmission rates that they expected in schools and that's true for um, for, for hybrid it's also true for several models where, where students are back in school um, altogether um, and so it was on us to to revisit that guidance and we think well what does that mean for us and what does that mean for phase two and thankfully cases um, are coming down uh, and have been in Montana really since about Late December, and I think we're we're all thankful for that. But this question was based on our former guidance: When would we ever get to a phase two model? When would we ever be able to bring um, our students back? So we we did some surveying just to see how people were feeling um, and what the needs were. Um, and I think probably the most significant need across the board is the um, social emotional health of students. Obviously. School is part of the social fabric of our kids' lives, um, and it's been disrupted pretty significantly. It's not like a summer break, right, where, you know, we know it's coming, and you can expect it, and then you restart school, and there's the excitement of the welcome back. Um, we haven't had any of that. Instead, um, you know, this it, it's been, you know, despite everyone's absolute best efforts, it's been something that is not normal. And I would argue that it's not going to be normal. It's not going to be normal for a long time. Um, but, you know, our students have been attending school in person two days a week, um, which means they're largely online for the other three days a week uh, in the Phase one model. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's taken a toll, um, and we can see that. Not, not across the board, not with every student, um, but it certainly is impacting from a social-emotional standpoint and from an academic standpoint some students. And, um, and so we revisited that guidance. We, we, we looked at phase two and thought, well, what is possible in this regard, and, and what do we need to think about doing for our students? Obviously. Um, I'm reminded all the time that we're the last in Montana. I don't think it's a competition necessarily. I don't think there's a a ranking system for who's first and who's last. I think it's on each community to do what they believe is best for their community and certainly for their children. Um, And so in looking at where we were and looking at what's possible, um, looking what we could do to structure schools differently, you know and, and what our kids needs were I, I made the recommendation that that we return and 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 that we go into this phase to um, and, and and that was largely based on the idea that th- there are students that w- are really stri- slipping and they're struggling um, and I don't know we, we talk a lot about the long-term effects of this pandemic and I think um, it's not an easy decision either direction we we talk about those long-term effects of the pandemic, but we also talk, I mean, there's health effects, but there's also social, emotional, and academic impacts. And I think we're very close as a nation to having a generation of kids that will have those long-term pandemic impacts in their lives. Um, and I think it's gonna be on us and as part of this you know, effort across the next few years as to what we can do, everything that we can do to make sure that students don't live the rest of their lives um, not quite achieving according to what their potential was, yeah. and uh, and that 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 that's where that's where we are right now. So that was I don't know if that's the cliff note version. I feel like that was a long form version of, of the meeting, but um, you know that's that's kind of the genesis of. Yeah. of, of the
0: decision and the presentation. Yeah. I public school superintendent Tyler Reem with us. And uh, there's something that uh, definitely had split opinion. I mean, I know you, you mentioned you sent out surveys. Uh, majority of parents wanting kids in school five days a week. Right. And then, and then you had teachers really on the other side of that coin and the majority there against opening uh, back to that full schedule. I know an HEA rep spoke at that board meeting. The numbers she shared were pretty pretty definitive. I mean, the, the respondents to their survey, it was upwards of 70%, 75% of middle and high school teachers said they weren't ready to come back like that yet. So how do you balance those things? Because there are an awful lot of your teachers that are saying, we don't feel comfortable doing this.
1: Right, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think there's, you know, I think, with that word comfortable gets used a lot, right, or feeling uncomfortable. I, I don't want to discount that in any regard, because I think that, that that discomfort, is it exists for a reason, and I think it's an important reason why there might not be comfort in situations. Um, there's not comfort with some of the things that used to be routine. In our lives. And so I I completely understand that discomfort. I also, I mean, for weeks and weeks, and it's still happening, every message, every phone call, it it seems to be split. Every person I talk to in a grocery store or Costco or Target, right? I mean, one person says, um, you have to do this. The next person says, you have to do this. It's largely based on on their own individual perspectives. And I don't think those are wrong. Um, But I think we have responsibility as a community to understand, and I think there's a lot of people that do understand that both of those perspectives are right, because one might be the perspective of a parent who's looking at their child who sees them struggling socially, emotionally, academically, and saying, i got to do something. Um, The other is the perspective of a teacher who's saying, you know, I was uncomfortable when we opened in phase one, but we, we we worked through it and we got there. Um, And we made this thing work, and and we got through some really tough times, especially, you know, in in probably mid to late November into December. And now they're looking at the prospect of, you know, more students in their classroom, which, let's be honest, teachers love kids. They Mm -hmm. want kids in their classroom, but they also want to be safe. And so both of those perspectives are I think really important, and and I think they're hard for you know, you know folks like. And I'm I'm not trying to throw a pity party by any means, but for myself or anybody else that's responsible for making those decisions, they're incredibly hard decisions, um, and they have been across this pandemic. When we opened. In August, we were told time and time again that it was an irresponsible decision. There's no way we should be doing it, and we should be closed and stay virtual. My question would be, how long can we stay in that environment and ensure that our kids are going to be just fine, or ensure that we have the capability of kind of overcoming any deficits that occur? Um, I think we're, again, right on the edge of that, and I think it's something that we have to think through. I don't think by any means that these are easy decisions, and I hold myself accountable for making those decisions. I've I've never had to make a decision, or at least in my career, that I think back on where I think it's the right decision, but this could hurt kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've had to do that in the last year, um, and I've struggled with that, because my North Star has always been really pure. If it's is this right for kids, then do it. You just do it. You figure it out. Um, and, and I think, you know, for people who believe that the Helena Public Schools are right, wrong, or otherwise, I think we've given our absolute best um, to our kids, to our families, to our community. Um, in incredibly complex times, I don't think that there has ever been a year in public school. We can go back to 1919, but I think things are radically different than they were in 1919. I don't think there's been a year like this, and I'm incredibly proud of what everybody has done to make this very difficult year work. This is another chapter in making this year work, and I think it's a really important chapter not only for this spring, but for what happens this summer and what happens going into next fall. We have to figure some of these things out because we know we can't exist in the state for the next year.
0: Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Rehm with us today. We've got uh, just about uh, four minutes exactly left with him. And I guess the question becomes, uh, how do you do this, right? Like, what what does it look like? Because we've seen that the current model works. You mentioned, you know, the schools aren't sources of transmission. Well, you've had cohorts. You've had smaller classrooms. Uh, you've had that day when they're not in school, you know, a a lot of that out the window now, and there really isn't an ability to have any kind of social distance in many of our classrooms in the district. So uh, I guess what's the expectation and how do you go forward and maintain the safety?
1: Right. So we utilize whatever we can do to make sure the, you know, space is as safe as possible. Right. So we've not done things like install barriers and other things that we're working around the clock to, figure out how to do, um, you know. And, and so there's a number of things that have been added to this that that weren't part of phase one. Obviously, one of the chief things that associated with phase one that's not here in phase two is the ability to six-foot distance in a classroom. And anybody, anybody that's been in a classroom um, in, in their lifetime understands that they're not built for six feet of distancing. We can do a lot of things to increase the distancing, but one of the key aspects associated with making this recommendation was really trying to get out in the community. This isn't going to be normal. It's still not going to be normal, and and the chances of being considered a close contact and thus having to quarantine now for 10 days, that chance goes up significantly. I can look at other school districts and look at the number of cases, and I don't see necessarily a radical difference, but when I look at the number of quarantines, it's a huge difference. We're talking about thousands and thousands of quarantines in school districts like ours, and I think we've had a total of somewhere you know, in the mid-400s in terms of, of quarantines or uh, students that have been you know, associated with being uh, identified as a close contact. And so that's something that everybody is going to have to acknowledge. This doesn't just mean that life goes back to normal. Um, there is the chance that you're sitting in a class, you're a close contact, you're quarantined, you're at home for 10 days, you come back, two days later happens again, and, and, it, and you know, you're, you're back at home for another 10 days. And that can really be a disruption um, for families, for academics, et cetera. So, again, I don't think there is a, um, a, you know, a perfect way of doing this. I think we have to acknowledge that those are going to be aspects of this model that weren't necessarily associated with the former model.
0: Yeah. New new shiny headaches for you to figure out as superintendent of uh, Helena Public Schools. Uh, Tyler Rehm is with us. Uh, Tyler, you've got just 60 seconds left, and I, I know it's plenty of time to answer this question. You mentioned all the quarantines. We had issues with staffing issues before. Uh, is that a concern? Because teachers are going to be among that group as well.
1: It is. It's absolutely a concern. I think we're taking a look at what are those new metrics and um, what, what metrics are we going to be paying attention to. One of the things that we, you know, fortunately or unfortunately learned to do here in the last semester was monitor our staffing rates. And so, being able to look at those staffing rates and understand when are we approaching a threshold where we're not going to be able to staff schools. Um, We have those mechanisms in place now and plan to include those in the metrics so that we're really transparent about the direction that we're heading um, so that, you know, again, staff and and families can be uh, understanding of, of where we are in that regard.
0: There is a lot of unknowns going forward, but uh, we do know the kids are going to be in school for four days a week. here coming up kind of stair-stepping that, but uh, it it starts next week. So, uh, Tyler, I appreciate whether people agree with your decisions and the board's decisions or not. I I don't think they can uh, dispute the fact that you're putting a lot of time and mental energy and effort into this. So uh, thank you very much for uh, all you're doing for our community.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. That's all the
0: time we have with Tyler and all the time we have for Coffee Break this morning. But I sure appreciate you hanging out with us. And we'll catch you back around here again tomorrow. We're talking with one of our county commissioners. That's coming up. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by Coffee Break, 959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.